And today I'm going to talk to you about the bondage, breaking the bondage of debt. Because it's not about trying to get people to give more or anything like that. It's about walking in freedom. Freedom in our finances, to be who God called us to be. Realizing that what we have is not for us, it's for others. That God called us and marked us for such a time as this. We had in our Wednesday night, we provide it for you each Wednesday night for the four weeks. Now we got three left, but you can still join up. We give you a free booklet and guide to, uh, to get this in you. I've had multiple people tell me, as I, if I, as I noticed as well when we chose this, is that this is the most simplest teaching on financial freedom, how to be free in your finances, the ABCs. And uh, we give that to you. And uh, we have child care and everything else on Wednesday nights. There's three more left. It's not too late. You can still sign up and get in there this coming Wednesday. We had 119 this past Wednesday. Isn't, it, isn't that exciting? And uh, some called and said they were sick. We said, well, you come on out next week, and we want to bless them. So I'm going to start off this, for this message today with a little bit of humor. There's this real hilarious video for about two minutes. I want you to check this out and it'll get us in a good mood. And while I do, I want a few people fill in up here. I know a lot of people spread all out through the back and help me out here in the center. Hi! Hi. <laughs> That's the Sanders. Hi. Jim and Joina. I'm Joina. <laughs> now I know you opened the door and you went, uh-oh, it's those nosy uh -oh. neighbors. Nosy neighbors. Oh, we're not no, nosy. We're not. Well, kind of we are. Maybe. <laughs> Here's the deal. A lot of times throughout the years, we've knocked on your door and said, hey, what can we do for you? Yeah. You know? Because that's the type of people we are. Yeah. But this time, we're going to kind of turn the tables and ask you what you can do for us. Yeah. Hey, 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 hold the phones, hold the phones. You see, we're just cut to the quick, okay? Yeah. We have no money. We're broke. <laughs> We got nothing. Yeah, zippo zookus. Nada. Bupkis. You see, what we've done is we've taken the happy train to Credit Town. Woo, woo. And we've been having so much fun, we are up woo. to dead in our eyeballs. Over our heads. So we need your help. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I know what you're thinking. Hey, aren't you believers? And we are. We are. We love the Lord. So much. But we've been loving the world. Woo. You guys have some great stuff out there. Really do. At our house is proof. We got so many gizmos and gadgets. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> and we ain't about to give them up. Nope. Okay. So here's what we've decided to do. Yeah. We have proposed a bailout package for you to help us out with. What do you yeah. say? Oh, 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 oh hey. Hey, hey, Senator. Hold on there, okay? You see, we need your help because we are scared. Yeah, we're so stressed out. We got creditors nipping at our heels like a duck on a June bug. She's got away with words, and it's so true. Yeah, yeah. It's so oh, true. We're so scared. It's, we're like a, a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs. All right, Juno, that's enough. Okay. See, here's the deal. The Bible says in the book of Malachi. That's Malachi. Whatever. It says, God says, says, hey, 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 test me with your money. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse. And I'll just be honest with you. I failed every test. And my storehouse is about to have a pool. Woo! We are so excited. Yeah. And we ain't getting rid of that. Nope. So what do you say? Can you help us? Yeah. We've, we've earmarked this rescue yeah. plan. Oh, hey, 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 hey. It's good stuff. It's win-win. <laughs> come on. Okay. At least, at least just give us some flowers. Can we have some flowers? Oh. Hey, our son's birthday is this weekend. You could just take that flower and make us a whole cake. What do you say, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a fine howdy-do. I know. <laughs> well, I guess it's back to the house to do a revision on the rescue plan. Well, we got to hurry. i got a manicure in 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's have a little fun. Give him a 
You know, it's, it is pretty amazing uh, whenever you get going and you, you start talking about financial freedom and that sort of thing. You already know your attendance is going to be down for four weeks, but that's okay because the people that are here need to be here. But there's also some people not here. Maybe you watched it online today. You need to get this because nobody's asking you for anything. This is all about us investing in you so you can have a peace of mind and live the life God designed for you to live. And as we get into this second week, talking about breaking the bondage of debt, that's what B stands for, and it's about really setting ourselves up to living in the freedom of our finances. 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and in 2015, it's been noticed that, that uh, the number one stressful thing in the lives and most relationships by the uh, psych, uh, 2015 study of American psych, Psychological Association found that money is the leading cause of stress. But not only is it the leading cause of stress, it's the number one cause for divorce because it affects every area of our lives. So as we get into this today, one of the things that we've got to realize is, is that if we're going to break the bondage of debt, we got to make God Lord of our life. And, and many of us believers, he's, yeah, of course, he's the Lord of our lives. But here's what God says about it in Second Chronicles 24.20. It says, this is what God says, why do, you dis, why do you disobey the Lord's commands and keep yourselves from prospering? Why do we keep ourselves from prospering? He said, you have abandoned the Lord, and now he has abandoned you. Now, we know that he hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't just walked out on us because of that. But what he's saying here is, and this is Old Covenant, and, and, but it is true, too. It's part of everything else. You know, the Old Covenant's good and the New Covenant's just gooder. That's all. And what he's saying here is for us to realize that if we're going to walk in God's best, he's got to be Lord of all. He's got to be Lord of our lives, our health, our relationships, our finances, every aspect that we exist we see it whenever we begin to look at uh, this thing called debt because it is such a bondage. Proverbs 22, 7 says the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is a slave to the lender. And what happens is it gives us a powerful picture and understanding that we're not in charge. We're not the ones making the decisions we need to make if we constantly keep ourselves at a place of disadvantage and we're not walking in the peace and joy God wants us to have. We're not able to provide the things we want to provide for the people we love or even reach out to others because our gifts, our talents, and everything we have is not for us. It's for others. That's the way God designed us. And I think the, the, one of the greatest stories that illustrates this is found in Exodus 1. And I won't read it to you. When you go home, read Exodus 1, verses 6 through 14. But we see it uh, in Joseph's life. And Joseph, you know, man, is the one that, that, that got the dream, the vision, the coat of many colors. And he got thrown in the pit by his brothers. And then, you know, he got out of that. And then he, he was thrown into slavery. And then he was in Potiphar's house. He ended up running Potiphar's house. And then he was thrown into jail because of an accusation, a false accusation. And then what happens? He gets promoted out of the jail to, to run the country right under Pharaoh. And he had prophesied, he had interpreted a dream of Pharaoh's that there would be seven years of blessing and a lot of grain and a lot of favor. You can bring some lights up back up here, guys, if you don't mind. And then there'll be seven years of famine. And so whenever we look at that, it begins to talk to us in verses 6 through 14. 
that it says whenever Joseph died and his brothers and family died and all of his generations died, that the people of Israel, the children of Israel, stayed in Egypt and were living great off the land. And it says they were being blessed and multiplied over and over again. You see, the problem with that is God only wanted Egypt to be a temporary fix. It was a season. And it was just a short time that God wanted them there. They ended up being there for 400 years in bondage and in slavery because the next king said that he didn't believe in Joseph and could care less about Joseph, and he was in fear of the children of Israel because they were growing in larger numbers than the Egyptians. And he said, if, they, if their war breaks out, they're going to turn on us. And they began to put them in bondage and began to put them in slavery, and there they sat for 400 years until God raised up a deliverer. And the deliverer came from among them, and that was Moses. And when Moses raised up, God used him with all of his faults and his strengths to bring the children of Israel out to get them ready to go into the promised land. And that generation that got set free and walked through the Red Sea being opened and everything else got right up right across the Jordan and made some poor decisions. Even though they got out of bondage and slavery and were walking in favor and blessing, they ended up walking the wilderness for 40 years without crossing over into God's ultimate blessing for their lives. You see, we got to be able to hear God's voice. we got to be able to obey His voice. And what happened is this generation had grown up in slavery and in bondage, and eventually God raised up a Moses to be a deliverer. And they got delivered part of the way, but their children got delivered all the way into the promised land. And what I want you to realize is debt doesn't just affect you now. It affects your children and your children's children in the future. You're not just dealing with what's going on in your life, the way it affects your health and it stresses you out and wears you down and all that. You're also dealing with your children and your children's children. You see, God is looking for a Moses to be raised up in your midst to be a deliverer. And you can be your very own Moses, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have a family, whether you're grandparents, whatever stage of life you're in, you can break the bondage of debt. You can move beyond and get out of debt and be free of that mess and move into the seasons that God wants you to live in. Now, you, you can live and be blessed in debt, but boy, it's a lot better not being in debt. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. And as we look at that, I want you to realize, I want you to think about while I take the next few minutes or so to share this message with you, that maybe God is challenging you to be the Moses for yourself or the Moses for your family and your friends and maybe even your own church. And I want to talk to you, I know I rushed a little because we always want to go a little extra worship when we have the choir, they're so awesome, but I rushed a tad, but I want to get over in to these four things that, that really affect, that debt Affects. What does debt affect in our lives? There's four realities that we got to deal with. And I'm going to give them to you quickly. The first reality is this. Debt is usually driven by our discontentment. Debt is usually driven by our discontentment. In other words, when you get in discontentment, you want to, you finally get wore down and wore out, and you're like, well, I don't have anything anyway. I might as well you know, go get a new car, or, 
go buy this house or go finance something else that we shouldn't finance. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 22, 2, gives us a great illustration of David. And David, when he was running from Saul, and he ran into the cave of Adullam, the Bible says 400 men, they were already pretty strong warriors, ran in behind him. But there were some key words that I want you to get. 1 Samuel 22, 2 says, All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, around David, and he became their commander, and 400 men were with him. Now think about that. These 400 men were already warriors, but they were in debt, they were discontented, or in discontentment, and they were in distress. And they all came together. You see, when we get discontented or distressed, it's so easy to add to our sorrow and just dive in more. What's it matter? I guess we're just going to live this way. And that's not God's plan for our lives. And the more distressed we get, the more we sound like this guy, Robert Quillen, who said about Americanism. He said, Americanism is basically this. It's using money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. Isn't that something? And, and that's kind of the way it is. What? Americanism is what? Using money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. Or maybe you don't even know them. And we begin to live a lifestyle to where it's a borrowed lifestyle. And the enemy does the same thing he does to the children of Israel when they stayed too long in Egypt before leaving. Eventually, those that they were borrowing their land, even though they were prosperous and had a great cash flow, eventually they called their bluff and they showed them who was really in charge. I know a family in Ohio that had a very successful business and things was going great for them for decades. And, uh, and they had a construction company and... And it was right about about nine or ten years ago when the economy really got hit hard. And, and uh, there was people they had dealt with for years they had done good work for, but they were late paying them. And they had a half-million-dollar credit line with a big bank, not a regional, a huge national bank. And in that, they had never been late on a payment. They would never been behind or anything. And they were using about a quarter million dollars of that half-million, never late on it or anything, to just subsidize some of these people that were late paying them. All of a sudden, they get a call from the bank and say, by the end of this month, we want that quarter of a million dollars. And they're like, wait a minute, we, that's our credit line. We wouldn't have used it if we didn't know that we were in good standing. Yeah, but read the fine print. We're pulling it. You mean I've got to come up with a quarter million dollars when people already owe me money for months now, and I've got to come up with another quarter million dollars? And it just about destroyed their business. What are you saying? We can't allow other people to determine our destiny. We've got to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves and to walk in a way that we walk in accordance to the Word of God and in, in the strength that God wants us to walk in so we can make the best decisions according to Him and His Word and walk them out in faith and not walk them out in fear. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 says, But godliness with content, with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. What I want you to realize is our contentment is not based in what we accomplish or what we achieve. Your contentment is not based on what you accomplish or what you achieve. 
Basically, our, our contentment as a child of God is based on how much we know and trust God and listen to him and then put action to what he tells us to do. So it's really critical that we not, remember when I taught you several months ago about what a breakthrough is. A breakthrough is not when you accomplish a goal and cross the finish line. A breakthrough is when you say, I'm going to win that race and I'm going to practice. I've made my mind up no matter what. I'm going to do whatever it takes to prepare myself the best of my ability to do that. And you've made your mind up. And as soon as you made your mind up and you go to get up for your first workout or take your first step, if you'll continue on, that was really your point of breakthrough. You see, God wants us to finish strong. God wants us to walk as the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, because our Father is in charge of everything. The Bible says every name that is named must submit itself to that name, Jesus, who is Lord of all. And if anything has a name, it comes under the authority of Jesus, including, including you and I. So if I want to walk in the highest authority, I submit myself to the highest authority, and I get in agreement with him so he can bring me into favor. You see, Every born-again child of God, every believer, every child of God automatically has favor on your life. Every child of God has favor on your life. And what I want you to understand, the difference between people seeing favor on their life and people having favor on their life is what we believe, what we say, and the actions or the steps we take. You see, whenever I position myself in a certain situation, just because my circumstances are good or bad doesn't mean I'm in God's will or not in God's will. I mean, look at Joseph. You know, he gets thrown in the pit. Is he still in God's will? Well, God didn't do it to him, but he allowed it to be done. And now he's in the palace. Is he in God's will? Everything's rocking. He's running everything. And then he gets lied on. Now he's in jail. Is he in God's will? Why he's in jail, he gets promoted. Is he in God's will? He goes to Pharaoh's house. He's promoted. Why is he promoted? He's promoted because of his character. He's promoted because he knew and trusted God that whether he was a slave or a hired hand or a ruler, he was the same child of God. And if you and I would see, listen to this, if you'll get this, it'll change everything. No matter how much debt we're in, no matter what we're facing, if we would just get the mindset, we are his children and nothing on earth and nothing in hell can shake that. It doesn't matter. Hey, you know what? If they take everything, every possession you have, so what? They can't affect you being a son or daughter of God. You are a chosen vessel of God. But here's the key why push ourselves through unnecessary pain? Why continue to abuse ourselves when we don't have to? It doesn't mean you get out of debt overnight. It doesn't mean everything turns in your favor. But what happens is, is we take one step and the next step and the next step. Before you know it, God will make a way and it will activate his favor because his favor is positional. You have one position as a child of God, that's his favor. The way you activate it is you get yourself positioned where he wants you to be, when he wants you to be, and you draw on that favor. If you never believe anything or never do nothing, how can you access his favor? You see, it's when you take the step, when you're naive enough to believe and trust God, and you work hard even if you're not getting paid what you think you should get paid or the respect you think you should get, 
but you just keep doing what God said and you keep doing it not just for yourself but for God and for others and obey him with what he said like Mark was talking about our attitude with money last week and whenever you begin to obey him with the right attitude you'll see mountains start to move and you'll see contentment come back into your heart even before you see the zeros change at the end of what you owe. But it's up to you to make that decision. Why? Because number two, debt affects every area of our life. There's no way around it. It's the number one cause of divorce. It's the number one problem in relationships. Debt affects every area of our life. It affects our time. It affects what we can serve and do. It affects what we can give. I mean, to hear that we fed 2,200 people this this month is so awesome. But but you know, huh? This week. Wow, that is awesome. And we were talking about Miss Kathy in the first service. It's like if I need to be encouraged, I go in there and just let her pump me up a little bit. If I stay too long, she'll 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 have me for an hour. I gotta just pop in for about five minutes and pop out. But let me tell you something. You want your faith built up, get around her a little bit, because the things she believes for and her team believes for it's amazing to see how God brings the means, even beyond what the church can give, how God brings it from the north, the south, the east, and the west, because her heart and the team's heart is not for themselves or even for Bethel, but it's for others. And if God can get it through us, he'll do what? He'll get it to us, won't he? And so that affects everything in your life. Proverbs 17:1 says, Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Now, that may not mean much to you, but to a hillbilly boy with a family of ten, it means something. Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. You see, you can have a lot of things. If you have a lot of things, that's good. But you know what? It's harder to keep and maintain those things than it is to never have them. God wants you to have things and the desires of your heart, but if the things become Lord, then you're a slave. You know, when I, growing up, and my mom, like you've heard me say before, had an eighth grade education. My father died when I was three months old. There was ten of us. Four of them were already out of the house, and there were six, and I was the youngest boy. And, you know, whatever mom cooked when she got home late at night because she worked breakfast, lunch, and dinner at a restaurant, and whatever was cooked, and when the girls and everybody got a little older and could cook, whatever was cooked, you ate what was there. You didn't get to say, well, I want this, and I don't want that. And you know what? Sometimes you ate it three. You know what? We had a lot of protein called pinto beans. I call them soup beans. So if you tell me you cook pinto beans, I wonder. But if you say, man, I cook some good brown soup beans, I, go, Ooh, I say brown or white, navy or pinto. Because I, I know you know what you're talking about. And, and why? Because you can, you know, those pinto beans are protein, right? So, yeah, we get our protein. Sometimes it might be four days a week, and it was leftover pinto beans. But you know what? There wasn't a bunch of strife. There wasn't a bunch of envy and hatred. Everybody was all in making things happen. You see, it's not about what you have or don't have as far as possessions. It's about who has your heart. And when God has your heart, there's no way. You can be even in Egypt like Moses was and not be a slave. You can be in the middle and everybody you know in bondage, but you can be a Moses. You can be a deliverer, but you've got to identify what that bondage is, what that thing is that's holding people and oppressing people back, and come against it with the name of your Lord, who's greater than any name, especially that name called debt. Amen? Can anybody say amen to that? 
John 10, 10 is a scripture I share with you a lot. The thief comes what? Except to what? This is Jesus. The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I, Jesus, come to give life, to give life more abundantly. When you don't understand, draw a John 10, 10 line and get on the Jesus side. You know, what if Joseph didn't get on the Jesus or the God side when he was in the pit? He'd never made it to the palace. What if he hadn't got on the God side when he didn't understand and his master's wife, his boss's wife, lies on him and he's thrown in the jail? And then when he's in the jail, the guys that he helped get out of the jail, the baker and the, the other dude, the butler, what about that? Then they never did help him at all until they had to. He could have been mad about that, but instead he kept on the side of God. Let me tell you something. When you stay on God's side, you'll make it through. When you stay on God's side, you'll get through because through is important. And it's not just for you, your family, and your next generation is dependent on it. People in your community are dependent on it. People are dependent on you and I getting through. People are dependent on you and I being wise with our possessions and invest our possessions and love our neighbor and love our Lord God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Love our neighbor as ourselves. And be a, what if this was a church that was debt-free? What if every person in this room was debt-free? We could just sit here, man, and say, oh, okay, here's what we're going to do this year. Let's do it. What if your family was debt-free and you could lay out time that you could spend together and other things you could do and things you could help other people with, things you could accomplish for eternity's sake in the kingdom? You see, we've got to start dreaming again. We, we don't dream when we're bound by debt. We don't dream when we're just focused on the next shift we've got to work or the next overtime we've got to get. We, we can only dream when God has our heart. God has our mind. God has our possessions. And when that happens, you are unstoppable. When that happens, you are a Moses. When that happens, you're David. You're a mighty man of God, a mighty woman of God that he set for such a time as this to be different. You're a Joseph. You're someone, or Josephine, whichever one. You're someone that even when they see you in debt and see you in bondage, they just see God. Because one thing Joseph knew, one way or another, he's coming out because he remembered the end of the dream. Everybody was bowing toward him bowing to him, and he was in charge. I want you to realize you've got to get a dream, man. You've got to get a vision. You're not going to get that till you seek God, till you hear God, till you obey God. And that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to get something from you. We're trying to get you free. Whether you're in debt or haven't been in debt for 30 years, you can still be bound by finances. But God has a plan for you, and it involves others. Let me go on here. Uh, Galatians says this, 5, 22 and 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the qualities we're supposed to have. To walk in peace that passes our own understanding, right? To walk in the joy of the Lord, our strength. Not in the fear of this world or losing something that you can't take to heaven anyway. Let me give you the third one real quick. The third debt reality is this. The Bible doesn't forbid debt, but it does not discourage it. The Bible, but, let's see, the Bible doesn't forbid debt, but it does discourage it. I'm sorry. So it, it, it's not going to say you can't be in debt, but the Word of God makes it clear you'd rather us not be in debt. 
Because we can live in a big home and drive multiple vehicles and all that, but if we've got to work all the time and we lose time with our family, listen, I've been at a lot of what you would call deathbeds in my life, and that's the most unpleasant part of my job most times. Sometimes it's amazing. But I've been in a lot of last moments, last seconds. I've been with people I don't even really know and be there sitting beside their bed when they pass. And then I've been with people that are family and I love or people, family in my church that I love and see them pass. I've never had anyone say, could you pray, Pastor, I could get one more shift of overtime in? Could you pray that I could just get on the computer one more time to reinvest my money again so to be a, make a little bit more profit? Could, 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 could you just pray that I had one more week extended? I really want to buy that extra beach house that I've been believing for. Now, it's always been about who they love and who they're in relationship. It's always been about who's around that bed with them. See, who's going to be around your bed? It's not about possessions. It's about heart. And I promise you, if you will let the Lord just totally have your heart, and there's times I have to keep giving mine back to him, I want to take pieces of it. But if you just keep giving it back to him, he'll give you ways out of the struggle. He'll give you steps to take. He'll give you wisdom. Like this thing that we're doing, it'll give you opportunity for people to coach you and mentor you at these tables and build relationships with. God wants you free. He doesn't want you bound. And then finally, the fourth thing that it can do is this. The bondage of debt can be broken. The bondage of debt can be broken. And I'm not going to read Proverbs 6, 1 through 5. You can read it, but it talks about if you get into a co-signing situation with a neighbor or a stranger or you sign a loan for someone else, it says run quick as you can. Get away like a gazelle. Fly like a bird. Go work extra hard. Do whatever you've got to do to, to honor that contract. Because what I was talking about in the last point is this, is that, that uh, you, you still can't just walk away from debt. Because Romans 13, 8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. But Psalm 37, 21 and verse 26 says, The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. So I'd rather be in a situation to give than to not repay. And that is the most miserable feeling. I've had to experience that. That's the most miserable feeling when you can't pay or you've got to work out a payment plan. Or, come on, man. God wants us above that. God wants us out of that stuff. And I'm not perfect. I'm not totally out of debt right now. I've been out of debt twice in my life. But for different reasons, I've had to go back into debt. And sometimes I go, man, but it's not ever been going back into debt for myself. And I've had to go back into debt. And I'm like, are you crazy? Why are you going back into debt? But you know what? The next phase of my life, I'm not going to have to go back in debt again for no one or anything. Because I'm going to be able to, to help lead people to go to another level dealing with their finances. And I want you to realize is none of you have to be debt free and then go back into debt. We can walk this thing out together. We can walk in the strength, the might, and the power of the Lord. Because 2017 is a year of breakthrough. 2017 is a year of taking the limits off. 2017 is a year of influence and relationships and establishment. 2017 is a year of household salvation and family restoration. 
2017 is breaking the limits. This is your year. And God said it's not just this year. It's the gateway to several years. We got several years right now to get things going and to break this thing through. But we got to be under the arm of the Lord. We got to have the heart of the Lord. We got to have the mind of the Lord. And we got to set ourselves like a flint, man, and, and to move forward together. Because God has an amazement assignment on our lives. You know, me, I've been in multiple businesses before I was ever in the church. I was in the restaurant business, coal business. Left all that to come into ministry. And, and I'd given two restaurants away, one to one sister, one to the other. One went broke in a year. The, uh, and it was nicer than the one I gave to my other sister. The one I gave my other sister still making multiple six figures a year in a little country town. 30 years later, 28, 30 years later. I've given cleaning companies and labor contracting companies to a relative, and they hired friends instead of hiring them, let them be partners with them. I'm like, it's a debt-free business I gave you, and you're going to let them be a partner? Well, you know. No, you don't want responsibility. And that only lasts with them a couple years. See, but I can't say it's wrong. I just need to do what God told me to do because I was going into ministry. And there's been things I've done in ministry. It's been good decisions. And I've made stupid decisions. But you know what? God knows he can grab old Dalton by the nap of his neck and the hair of his little chinny chin chin. Not much up here, but I can have a little here. And my heart. And it might take him a little time, but he'll, he'll yank something out of me and get me to where I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to focus. And I'm telling you, man, this is your year to focus. This is your season. This is your time to break off debt, that bondage. You guys that are in high school, graduating high school, in college, man, you don't have to live a debt life in college. God can break his thing through. You just need to use wisdom and take the right steps and to move from level to level, and God will bless you. I want to pray for you right now, and uh, I just want to ask you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, man, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to be the Moses. I'm ready to be the Moses to deliver for my family, for myself, or for others and others. I'm ready to break the bondage of debt. I'm ready. Maybe it's not even, you might not even be in debt. I'm ready to go to the next level for God and be an influencer for God financially, physically, and spiritually. If that's you, stand up real quick. I want us to pray. I want to stir up your faith even more. Just stand up. You're saying, man, 2017 is going to be the gateway to my dream. Gateway to my business. Gateway to my career. Gateway to my family. Gateway to my relationships. Because we talked about how money affects everything. If we let it affect our hearts. But if God is Lord and He is first, it can't affect other things. Even though it can cause some short-term pain. But what we're doing is stirring up faith to break that junk off of you right now and off of me. As we go into the next season together. Father, right now, I come into agreement with my family and my friends right now. And right now, we break the bondage of debt and the fear of man and the fear of money and the fear of enslavement with our life, our time, and, and our relationships and assets. We bind fear and discontentment and lack right now in the name of Jesus. God, stir up in us faith dream. Stir up in us faith to have a vision. Stir up in us faith to take the each step day by day to finish what we start. Take a step and finish what we start. 
It may be a year-long or a decade-long project, but whatever we start that day, we finish it. And it's the first day, all the way to the second, and so on. That, God, you take us level to level, season to season, victory to victory. And even when it looks like a loss, we know you got it. That you're just going to use that loss to turn something in our favor. Just like you did with Joseph. Just like you did with Moses. Just like you did with David. So you will do with us. Because you called us to be free financially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And we come together in faith and understand and receive your grace to do so in Jesus' mighty name.